Welcome, Pathfinders, to the Find the Path podcast actual play of the Mummy's Mask Adventure Path. Oh, yeah. Where we're doing the time warp again. Yes. And again. And again. <laughs> it's just a jump to the left, guys. It's fine. <laughs> Cha-cha real smooth. I do love Tim Curry. He's a national treasure. Well, However, yeah. this is not the Tim Curry Appreciation Podcast. This is the Mummy's Mask Podcast. I mean, it kind of is. I mean, sort of. Anytime he comes up, we appreciate him. <laughs> When uh, last we had left our heroes, the doorkeepers of the Duat had made their way into the Crypt of Earth after having finished the Crypt of Water. And the Crypt of Earth was very not earthy. It's very weird. It has acid. That's earthy. I have it so far. It's been tiny wimey. A little acid jello, which was weird. Mm. Technically, all the alchemical components that went into crafting that trap all came from the Earth. It's all natural. Yeah. Well, you know what? So does Foxglove, and that will give you a heart attack. That's true. So do snakes. Snakes come from the earth and they also want to kill you. Not all of them, just some of them. I find Mother Nature in general is kind of like, ugh, humans. (laughs) It's really just nonchalance. It's more just get out of my territory. (laughs) Indifference, yes. So yeah, the party made their way in. They passed through the first of the doors, which required some chanting. The second of the doors, which also required some chanting. (laughs) A hidden trap door that required them to basically crawl under parts of the crypt to reach a chamber for someone seems to have gone completely nuts and uh, written all over the uh, the ground, the surrounding walls, scribbling mm. complex uh, alchemical formulae. I love mad scribbles, but they weren't arcane, which was a little sad. Yep, they were alchemical. Kenpathis had made this alchemical wonder of what you'd eventually determined. Okay, like to like makes the passage, at which point you just mm-hmm. started acid splashing and spitting your way to freedom. Uh, yep. It would be really hilarious if that's one of those times where the wizard's like, dang it, I didn't prepare Acid Splash today. <laughs> Guess we're not getting through here. Yep. Bummer. You then made your way down a uh, side passage, at which point you'd entered into a time loop, wherein uh, you seem to have traveled back 6,000 years and engaged in a friendly conversation with a couple of people here who seem to have mostly been like, why is there a living monolith here? What the heck's going on? Yeah, okay, sure these people. confused them pretty well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You then uh, struggled with a couple of things, tried to figure out a way out before eventually the door on the far side of the chamber opened and entering was the uh, the overseer of which the the said it's artisans were so afraid of. One who buddies. Also, slavery is bad and should feel bad. So we should end this guy. It's time yeah. for freedom. Oh, and also this entire time you're followed around by a three foot tall bird headed guy. Oh, yeah, that was fun. Yeah, so we made a friend. Also, everyone, remove your acid resistance because we uh, don't have it anymore. Oh, okay. It's dead, Jim. It was 45 Aww. minutes of time, and we have definitely spent 45 minutes just being in here. Time loops. Bummer. All right. The figure had entered. His two companions, a pair of creatures roughly humanoid, or at the very least humanoid in shape, from the tip of its lashing tail to the serrated features of its fang-filled visage, this fiery-eyed sentinel bristles with barbs. The man in question is a unnecessarily handsome chiseled jaw man. I was saying that. He's with ridiculous. piercing eyes, it further accentuated by his coal burning into yeah. your soul as he stares at you. This guy was a model. Yep. Definitely has an intense gaze going on. Yep. Mm-hmm. But why male models? Just saying, he's most definitely <laughs> has got doing blue steel right now. <laughs> as he entered, the man looked over the artisans, looked back towards all of you. And what do we have here? So we need the cartouche, please. Cause yeah, time, time loop. Masika waves her fingers. <laughs> I see. 
outsiders, then. I mean, takes one to know one, and I gesture toward the spiky boys. <laughs> Firstly, takes one to know one. He says, gesturing to the outsider that you summoned with you. <laughs> How dare he be charming? What is this? <laughs> Are you here to speak to the high overseer? Oh, wait, we knew somebody's name, right? Wait, I thought he was the um, high. It, um, well, we didn't know. We never got his name. He just walked in. No, there was like Nakia, not Nakia. No, um, um, it was short. Dot. Dot. So are you Dot? Husef Dot, yes. Oh, you got a papa or something back there named Dot something else? No. <laughs> My father, unfortunately, died in a brothel a dozen years ago, perhaps longer, depending upon when you are from. Oh, it's been like 6,000 years. I mean, if you've got to go, that's a heck of a way to go. I guess. I am an overseer. However, the grand overseer is Mintu Nibuf. Narmer, is that on the list? Uh, no, but to be perfectly honest, neither of these guys were actually buried in here, so I think there's a loophole. Uh, <laughs> because technically they're both still alive. I mean, I for one don't super care who we talk to as long as we get one of them little doodads that lets us get through the magical uh, wall thingy. No, not the wall, but the time paradox. We have no direct quarrel with you and your associates, but we need to leave this place Room. and are unable to without your cartouche. How precisely did you end up being here in the Grand Pyramid of the Sky Pharaoh? We were summoned and told to go through a trial in order to meet with him. Pretty this much. This trial has led us here. Interesting. Uh, the party, if they wish, may make me a diplomacy check. <laughs> All right. We didn't lie. He said, come on in and do this trial. I'm going to try to aid. Oh. All right, okay. I'm going to help Citra. All right, I'll roll. Hey, perfect 20. I aid Citra. Oh, yes, that's a good roll. Hollis rolls a 17 for a 34. Uh, I also rolled a 17, got a 36 with the help of 40. Hmm. This sounds like it's a little above my pay grade. So if you wish to go and speak to my superior... I'd be happy to escort you. If we go with you, will we get out of the time loop? Because we're stuck in this room. I specifically wouldn't know. Is it back through that door behind you? Yes. However, for obvious reasons, I will need you to relinquish your weapons to me. Uh, that's not going to happen. Too many things in this pyramid have tried to kill us already. Hmm. Well, unfortunately, I cannot allow you to see my superior armed such as you are. You understand security and such. Oh, I understand. But honestly, it doesn't really do any good because she's a wizard and... Oh, no, of course. I would need the wizard to provide me with her spell component pouch and the, oh, I suppose, more religious amongst your numbers to provide me with your holy symbols. I mean, that's really not going to help with the guy that literally just punches stuff. Well, if it deals with three out of four, then I suppose the fourth one could be dealt with directly. I am no slouch, as it were, in the ways of both martial skill and magic. So, those are the conditions. Elsewise, you may remain here. I have my orders. And what exactly are your orders? To safeguard this place, to protect my superiors, and to ensure the continued loyalty and productiveness of my inferiors. I don't like that at all. I really don't like that. Hollis just shrugs and looks at everyone like, I mean, 
I'm not going to give him my stuff because that seems like a death trap. Oh, can I know what the heck these things are with him while we're just staring at each other? Yeah, you may make an odds of planes if you so wish. Okay, I mean, I might as well have just taken 10 because I rolled a 10. Uh, 36 to know what those things are. These are a type of creature known as a Hamatula devil, more commonly referred to as barb devils. Mm. Okay. They are sentinels of the vaults of hells, jellers of the darkest souls, and living weapons of the infernal forges. Barb devils known as Hamatulas to Diabolists enforce the strictures of the damned and safeguard the nefarious works of greater devils. A Habitula enjoys the feel of warm blood on its spines and prefers to leap into melee when presented with an opportunity for battle. Hollis le- like leans over and then, you know, modern Assyriani is like, those are some bloodthirsty devils that he's got with him, so I'm a fan of not being unarmed. It's not exactly fair for us to be unarmed when considering what you have there and you're probably armed as well. Not fair, so maybe we can come to some other compromise. I must remind you that you have entered into my place of employ. Ergo, you are the guests. And you're not very hospitable. I am offering to escort you to my superior. I mean, he didn't just attack us outright like almost everything else here is done. So, I mean, he does get points for that, I guess. I would even be willing to assure you that no harm shall come to you as I escort you. Not until we're done being escorted anyway, from the sound of it. Strangely, Echoing out of the hallway behind him, you hear the sound of a multitude cheering. What is that? Distractions. People cheering? Distractions for what? The overseer. Oh, is it like a gladiatorial ring? It's probably a fighting pit, yep. He enjoys his games. I figure Citrus still kind of looks back and is like, I still don't want to give up my weapons. No, no, this is going to be a problem. Hmm. It appears that we are at an impasse, and I have other business to attend to. Then perhaps send a message at least. Can we do that? See if your overseer would be willing to see us weapons or no? I I doubt that's going to happen. I may take the message if you so wish. You can wait here. I'll be back in a few hours once I've finished my rounds. We are not waiting hours. You're being... How did you phrase it? Very inhospitable. Again, we can go around in circles about this all day, if you so wish. I think I literally have forever, but you if do If you not go seem through to. those doors, we're going to break them down. It, we can't leave. Well, we, well, don't we know can't leave the way doors. we came in, but we could probably get through that door and just keep going. It's interesting. I wouldn't know. Hmm. I may escort you, or you remained here. Or those you, are your There options. is a third option that you're not talking about, and I don't want to bring it up because I'm trying not to be the bad guy here. If we need to resort to violence, then we may do so. I would prefer not to. Another cheer comes up, and you hear a deafening scream coming from somewhere back behind them. No matter what time, that is not okay. Well, I don't believe you about your benevolent nature. And unfortunately, my allies and I don't have time to debate pleasantries with you. You are allowed, allied with Hakatep, and unfortunately, that is not who we are allied with. Sudi puts his hand up to the mask and casts Finger of Death at this man. Don't do Sudi, come to That escalated you quickly. You spellcasting. Yep. However, everyone is aware of everyone. Ergo, initiative from the party. Oh, yep. wild. Uh, crap. Uh, Sudi, uh, got used to that from you. Wow. Yep. Lawful neutral, baby. Oh, we could have had a gladiatorial fight. 
Sudi would have been I mean, great. Sudi probably would have done pretty good at that, but... I was going to say, Sidra probably would have done okay if without she'd weapons? have been in there with <laughs> Without <laughs> weapons and without a flank buddy? I don't know. Technically speaking, she can sneak attack with a punch. That's true. <laughs> Theoretically. To uh, finish his sharpening his beak, which he's been doing back in the corner the entire time with a rock before. Oh, okay. Lol. <laughs> One of those like little rocks that hangs on the sides of cages for parrots. I guess we also had a big scary, or a little scary man with us. We would have been sure. fine. He could save us. I doubt he was going to give his weapons over to anybody. Yeah, I don't think he would have. Not even sure if he could. No, that's just asking for trouble. Sure, the guy with the two barbed doubles that love the feel of blood on their barbs. He'll be great with you. You'll be fine. Yeah, I, I'm just going to point out one. We've got girl from the desert, uh, girl who lived on the streets, and boy who grew up in the streets. I don't see any of us being that versed in decorum. No. True. <laughs> no. Sudi has Sudi has no charisma and no diplomacy, so he's well, just I mean, like, well, you're I'm in my a way. I diplomacy, but diplomacy doesn't necessarily mean that you know like etiquette. Ancient Osiriani <laughs> decorum. Although, who even knows if this is real decorum? This is a weird situation. Yeah. I'll start with her. Hollis rolls a thirteen for a twenty. All right, Sudi Kantar. Uh, Sudi rolls a fifteen for a twenty-one. Masika of the Beckon. A seventeen for a nineteen. Citra Nahamra. Roll a nine for fifteen. So combat begins. Husef gets first initiative. Ah, this jerk was ready for me. <laughs> so pretty much the moment Sudi begins to reach up, the man does three things simultaneously. Hey, this is in second edition. Uh, the first is gestures with one hand as a bead streaks instantaneously from his fingertips, soars across the distance, and detonates over all of you. I will need a reflex save as the quickened fireball explodes in your mists. Uh, two will choose not to make a reflex save because I think he's actually immune to fire. Yep. <laughs> I got 24. He probably is like, ooh, that feels tingly. <laughs> I roll a 19 for a 38. Seeker rolls a 5 for a 14. Uh, Citra rolls an 11 for a 30. All right. Everyone in the party except for Masika saves for half. Uh, so 42 points of damage to Masika, 21 points of fire damage to the rest of the party as the explosion tears through the group. Hollis's absorption absorbs it, so the three that save take nothing. I have evasion and uh, 30 fire resistance. Oh, so you don't even begin to So, yeah, you're good. You could have just stood there. So you guys go flying out of the way. Masika, however, is uh, surprised by this as it blasts, striking her, blowing her nearly off of her feet. I mean, to be fair, she is in the center of the line, so she would be in the center of the explosion. His uh, second action is he gestures with his offhand... As his form flickers and where once there was one, there are now eight copies of the man as the mirror images reflect around him. Great. Okay. Great. Mm. As his final action, he'll use a move action to pull his short sword, spins the blade and gets ready. Ah, uh, Magus. From there, we go to the- Wait, hold on a sec. I had to look up, an, uh, look up a magic item. Okay. All right. Oh, that's right, you do have your ring of uh, energy shroud, don't you? Yeah, so Mystique gets an immediate action, so I absorb that spell and I'm immediately under the effect of elemental aura for fire. Okay. <laughs> this guy Thanks, fireballs us and we're all just like, what, bro? <laughs> but I'm going to have to move away from you guys uh, because otherwise everybody at the start of my next turn is going to take 2d6 points of fire damage. Yeah, okay. Is it adjacent? Okay. What's the range on that? Creatures adjacent to you when the spell is cast and at the start of your... Oh, when the spell is cast, so I guess who's beside me? Me. Hollis and Citra. Uh, you literally can't do enough to hurt me. Yeah. I mean, I'll just absorb it, so let me know how much I need to mark off my absorption. Five. All good. 
As a ring of fire bursts from around Masika, burning Hollis, although absorbed by her uh, magical protections. Hmm. Tick, tick, ticking away on that. Bringing yeah, us to the first of the two devils. Uh, he focuses for a second a scintillizing array, almost a three-dimensional grid of energy bursts around all of you. Uh, I will need everyone to go ahead and make me a will save. I believe Sudi is immune to this because he's lawful, but anyone else is not. I'm lawful! We'll save you, Yes, say. with the good rolls today. Yes! Hollis rolls a 13 for a 26. Uh, Misty rolls a 16 for a 34. Uh, Citra rolled a 19 for a 30. Nice. Uh, so that would be five points of damage to each of you, and you do save against the day's effect. Well, okay. Then flanks out to the left. Sudikantar. Hmm. All right. I'm going to bank on this guy not being a being more of a wizard than a magus because he sa- he made it sound like he was a magus. He pulled a sword. Yeah. All right. Um, well, there's also freaking eight of him now, so my single target spell, Finger of Death, won't do anything anymore. Yeah, they're not good odds. Hey, you know what? I said I was going to do it. I'm going to do it. Um, I will cast Finger of Death on him. Okay. Okay. There's no attack roll with this spell. There's no... Oh, you're right. No, there's no attack roll for this, so I just hit him. Yep. But I have a one in nine chance of hitting him. Uh, no, mirror image only works uh, when you're attacked or the target of a spell that requires an attack roll. Ah, ha, ha! Rules! Oh. <laughs> you just look at him and go die, and then he makes a save. Okay, well, it's weird because I always imagine it as you point a finger and, like, a little ray beam goes out, so... But in this case, well, again, with Finger of Death, it is its intent. You intend for that person to be affected by the spell, so it doesn't Sweet. matter. Because there, there are a number of spells that can get around mirror image because they just don't have attack rolls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like area spells and stuff like that. Um, cool, then I guess he makes a fort save. He will make a fort save. 25. All right, so he's good. Uh, so he takes 3d6 plus one point of damage per caster level, so 3d6 plus 17. All right. Okay, uh, nine and six is 15, plus 17 is 32 points of damage. A painful hit. So the man stumbles back as this uh, miasma streaks forth from the mask and strikes him. Uh, and then Sudi will move... Um, yeah, I'm going to make his life a little bit hard. I'm going to move uh, towards him uh, and use my swift action to enlarge myself with righteous might. Oh, picky. All right. So I'm, I'm 10 feet away from him, and then I get big, uh, so I keep my distance from him. And the devil? You know what? Yeah, I'll, I'll stay away from the devil, too, um, just to give room for, like, Citra or somebody to get in there. So Sudi rushes his way forward, enlarges, bringing us from Sudi to the second of the barb devils. Yeah, he's a magus, so he's probably going to make all of his spell castings, but... Uh, who will first off five-foot step into melee range with Sudi. That's fine. And will secondly go ahead and attack. That is a 32 with the first claw. Uh, that is miss. And a 37 with the second. Oh, that's a hit. Uh, 14 points of damage. Secondly, I will need you to make a will save. Okay. This is a mind-affecting fear effect. Okay, a mind-affecting fear effect, you say, so I get a plus four to this. Good gracious. Um, so I roll an 18, so that is a 35 plus four, 39. 39? Very well. Yep. A 39 succeeds as you feel his claws rip into you again. It's not just claws. His hands are literally covered in barbs as he grabs onto you, and they begin to hook into your flesh ripping into you, you feel this, feel this supernatural fear, almost seemingly running up your arm like cold ice before you just fall into your training and focus yourself. However, nice. then he immediately attempts to grab. Okay. Good luck. Uh, oh, wait, no. The grab only applies if he's fighting a medium-sized creature. Never mind. I'm too big! 
Oh, because he probably this. grabs you and then like rubs you all over him to like do extra damage. <laughs> rubs his beard yeah. on you. Rubs his big old bushy beard. Porcupine. I like I'm kinda, uh, That's kind of what I imagine. They're kind of blue in their art here, so they look kind Sonic of the like Hedgehog? Sonic. They, they look like if Sonic the Hedgehog was in a Michael Bay version of Teenage Mutant Ninja oh Turtles. Oh my god! Yeah, I can they see look, it. I it looks totally exactly see. like that. Like imagine instead of the turtle shells, it's just spikes. They don't look like hedgehogs at all. I do not see this. He's missing his little face. Yep. If he was in a horror Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah. I think that's even a stretch. Is the horrifying first face from this first Sonic the Hedgehog trailer and not the eventual <laughs> one from the movie. Yeah. Which was <laughs> terrifying. Bring us to Hollis Starkweather. Yeah, it's me. And they're together-ish. They're close enough. They're not, they're within 30 feet of each other. Um, so Hollis is going to kick off If you off want to ask with... any questions, by the way, you do oh, have yeah. three. Yeah, let me oh. know things. Uh, let's okay, start good. with... Uh, Special defenses, for sure. I like to start with how do we kill it? Defenses. First off, they have a barb defense. Any creature that strikes a, a hematula with a melee weapon, an unarmed strike, or a natural weapon deals damage to themselves. Mm -hmm. This is going to suck. Uh, secondly, they do have damage reduction. Knowing what overcomes their damage reduction is a separate question. They are immune to fire and poison. They are resistant to acid and cold, and they do possess spell resistance. I didn't hear anything about lightning, so that's good. Yeah, um, spell resistance me. is a thing. That's fine. Um, let's go with the special attacks. Special attacks. They have three types of special attacks. First off, they have spellic abilities. Knowing what their spellic abilities are is a separate question. Secondly, their claw attacks cause fear. An individual that fails against the will save becomes frightened, not even shaken, mm. but actually frightened for 1d4 rounds. In essence, as these horrible nightmares more or less pin cushion your flesh and rip it out with barbs. In addition to that, they have grab, which is uh, basically they can grab onto people if they strike them with their melee attacks as part of the attack, but only for medium-sized creatures. Mm. You know what horrifying memory this like pulls from my childhood? Homeward Bound. Oh, when poor, yeah. poor chance. Is it chance yeah, or chance? Poor chance. chance. When poor it's chance, chance. Like, wants to make friends with a porcupine and then has to, oh, yep. like, I'm, I'm, I'm so sad right me. now because that's what I'm picturing. He bit me with his butt. <laughs> yes. That was my movie as a child that I watched until the tape broke. Yeah. Uh, sorry, as a, a as an addendum to the grab, they also have impel, which is uh, if he Ugh. if he does grab an opponent, he immediately impels them on his own body. <laughs> well, that explains the, like the feeling of okay. Uh, it does a lot of damage, by the way. Actually, I just want to give a you a hug. Let's go ahead and also know his spell like abilities. Spell like abilities. Yeah. Uh, first off, at will, greater teleport, self plus 50 pounds yeah. of objects only. Uh, hold person, major image, produce flame, pyrotechnics, and scorching ray for two rays. Jeez. Oh, Once per day, which we've already seen one of these, orders wrath, which is basically like ah. holy smite, mm. but for order. Okay. Uh, summon level four, which means that they can summon another barbed devil with a 35% ah, chance them. of success. Oh my gosh. No. In addition to that, they may use unholy blight. <laughs> Fun. Okay. Well, knowing that, I mean, Hollis is going to rattle that off, I suppose. And then uh, we're going to, you know, start off with a banishment on them. I'm going to roll through their spell resistance. Okay. Hopefully, anyway. 29 does get through one of theirs. Uh, the other one is a 19 on the die, so uh, 38 for the second roll. Uh, 38 will succeed on the second one. Cool. So banishment. I don't think I know anything about what would really make them upset, so no bonus for me. Um and then they get full saves. And you're doing that on both of them? Can yeah, banishment both? works on multiple creatures as long as they're within yeah. 30 feet, which they are within 25 feet of each other. 
because that Very one's nice. a step closer to Sudi. Very nice. It'd be really nice if you got two of them. Sorry, the other thing I need to calculate is uh, how many hit die do you get for your banishment? Two hit die per caster level, so 30. Okay. So the one facing off against Sudi right now gets a 26. The other one gets a 15. 15 fails, bye. So there's a flesh. Uh, the one on the right-hand side disappears. The other one seems unaffected. And then um, I will move action, pull my Rod of Quicken, and use it to cast a spell magic. Okay. On mirror image. Very well. Chant and tone, extend a hand. Make a cast a little check. Oh, that's a very good roll. 18 on the die, plus we are 15th level. 33. So you chant and tone, extend a hand. There is a flash and a single figure stands where nine once did. That's my um, turn. If you want to move, because otherwise you're going to oh, catch yeah. on fire. <laughs> uh, and also take a little step back next to uh, two. <laughs> All right. So that takes us from, from Hollis to Masika of the Beckon. I mean, Citra is going to have to make a reflex save. And on the off chance she fails it, she might catch on fire. Also, Latin. Okay. Latin's good on them devils. I rolled a 12 for a 31. All right. Uh, he needs to make a reflex save. I'm casting Flame Strike. Ah. Nice. So, reflex save. He gets a 24. Oh, that saves by one. Oh, rude. So, I roll 60, so he'll take 30. Hamsies. So, he does manage to avoid a majority of that, uh, although some of the holy damage from that still seems to affect him. Ah, Flame Strike's so good. So, he's got fire resistance on him of some sort. All right. That's the end of Masika's turn. From Masika, we go to two. Get in there, two. We it's believe in you. Two. Uh, yeah, Sudi's up in there, so he's not going to do a holy smite or anything like that. <laughs> I mean, I'm not good, so that would be a bad thing to do. So yeah, uh, two launches himself forward. While he only has a 30-foot movement speed, he has a 90-foot fly speed, so sells across Whee! the distance, soars around the outside <laughs> of the room, and lands in a flank with Sudi. <laughs> yes! Uh, hefts and swings with his kopesh. They are immune to fire. They aren't I mean, immune to the it metal. It still does regular stabbing damage yeah, in addition true. to. And uh, despite the fact that he's small size, he is still packing a 30 strength. <laughs> so Nice. Uh, he's just really, boy. really compact and buff. Uh, unfortunately, he rolls poorly. However, rolling poorly still gets him, uh, with the flanking bonus, a 29, which will strike his target, having rolled a 2. Maybe I shouldn't have named him 2. Seems to have uh, invited him. Oh, no. Our no, boy. it's cursed him. Let's name him 19. <laughs> his name is Perfect 20. His name is As his blade whips around, slices into his target, skewering into his side for 23 points of damage. That's still good damage. Nice. Two spins his Kopesh, taking us from two to Citra. Well, Citra's going to start working her way up there. Uh, <laughs> mm. Again, you guys are on opposite sides of this large, spacious chamber. Technically, they haven't gone yet, but all the... Uh, the artists are trying to get up to their feet and scamper for safety as quickly as possible as they were barely outside of the radius of that first fireball. Rude. He almost fireballed them. We knew he was a bad guy. But he didn't fireball them, so maybe he planned it that way. I doubt it. Uh, Citra's probably going to look at them and be like, Doc in the corner, stay safe. And then she's going to book it. I'm going to go kind of making my way out wide around uh, Sudi and the columns of the other on the east end of the room so that I can start kind of closing in on our, our good Da'at friend. Okay. So Citra darts along the outside of the room. Yep. Rushing around the side opposite of uh, two and the barbed devil to close on Da'at. Taking us from 
Citroen Ahamra to Husef Dot. So firstly, he will go ahead and uh, take a five-foot step in, stepping next to Sudi and Citra. Interesting choice. Block at Citra. which point he will launch to the attack, first stabbing out at Citra. Also odd. Stabbing out at the rogue with a 36. That will hit. That is a threat. That may or may not, that's only a 27 to confirm. Will not confirm. Still stabbing Citra for 16 points of damage as the blade slices into you. Jerk. You feel this almost crackling energy run through it, not like electricity, but almost this like miasma that surrounds his blade as he wrenches it free. He will then spin and swing out at Sudi, being the larger target. That is a 30 to hit the monk. That's a miss. Uh, he will then cast on the defensive as part of his spell combat. Dang, Magus. Succeeding. Uh, so extends a hand as a spray of acid goes through his fingertips, slicing through Sudi and across the range to Masika. And I will need a reflex save from both. Hmm. I get a 10 for a 29. Uh, Masika rolls a 9 for an, uh, an 18. Uh, 29 succeeds, 18 does not. So Sudi evades the blast entirely. Masika, however, takes 44 points of acid damage as it burns across you, as it sears across the distance, uh, and also clings to you after it strikes you. Acid arrow? Like like alien blood. If only we had our acid resistance. Uh, Mm -hmm. And after that, you know what? He'll go ahead and throw out a quick and fireball, which streaks across the distance and detonates, blowing, uh, blasting over Hollis and, uh, yeah, Hollis and Masika. Interesting. Hollis can only absorb so much. Hmm. And since it did no damage at all, he's probably assuming that it's fire, not fire resistance, but protection from energy. Hollis rolls a 15 for a 28 on that reflex save. Uh, Masika rolls a 7 for a 16. Ouch. All right. So that's uh, 28 succeeds, 16 fails. That's 34 points of damage. So as a blast slams into Masika, and that is uh, 17 points of fire damage to Hollis. Still not through that absorption. Close, but not completely. He can do that again. The, yeah, the problem is, is he's wailing on Masika right now. I have 53 hit points. Yeah, yeah exactly. He's been wailing on her. Tick, tick, ticking down. We got to split up. From Usef. Oh, who, by the way, is also regenerating. Seriously, this guy? Okay. <sighs> he's got a freaking ring of regeneration, doesn't he? Who knows? So he doesn't like the fact that this guy is, like, violating the natural order of life and death by living forever in this weird time loop. So um, Sudi is going to make him very afraid of him because I need him to stop blasting Masika with stuff. Um, So I'm going to uh, switch to pummeling style and full out attack this man. Here we go. Very well. It's a natural one on the first attack. Natural one will automatically miss. That's a two for a 26. 26 will not strike your target. Yep. There we go. Something half decent. That is a uh, 14 for a 33. A 33 will hit your foe. Okay. There we go. For 15 points of damage. Ouch. So for my opportunist, I rolled a 14 for a 33. 33 will strike your target. All right. That will be 10 points of regular damage and six points of electricity damage. I assume that the fire will do nothing. Fortunately, yes. Okay. So I'm not going to roll. Okay, but uh, that does then get me the ability to do a trip, free trip attack uh, on him as part of my pummeling uh, bully combat style. Okay. Uh, oh, yeah. Roll a uh, 19, so that is a 42 to knock him on the ground. A 42 will succeed. Whee! 
Surprisingly, He's prone. just barely. <laughs> All right. That does knock him prone as he hits the ground. Yep. Now time for my th two, three, fourth attack. Here we go. Uh, so that is an 18, which gets me a 32. 32 will strike your prone target. For 17 points of damage, I'm going to go ahead and use a key point to get an extra attack on him. There you go. Uh, so that is a 12 for a 36. 36 will strike your foe as you continue to hammer down at him. Oh, max damage, 22 points of damage. Nice. Smush. I've had a good night so far. I just imagine you're just like kicking down at him. It's like, you shouldn't have slaves, you jerk. <laughs> Stop fireballing Masika. <laughs> is that it for Sudi? True. That is the end of my turn, yes. This brings us to the devil. He's like, oh God, an angel's next to me. That's weird. A medium-sized angel? Small size. Or small-sized? He's compact. Yep. Well, you first off, step out of the flank. <laughs> mm. Well, fine. And then we'll go ahead and... Uh, Go ahead and claw at two. He hits Sudi, but fear effect didn't affect him. Actually, hold on. First, he'll make a knowledge of the planes, succeeding with a 33. <laughs> Realize that technically speaking, that Archon is not actually immune to fear. So, yeah, we'll go ahead and uh, slice out. He must out. think I'm some kind of weird paladin or something. Oh, uh, no, he just thinks that you have a good save. I mean, he's not it's wrong. It's like you're probably some sort you're of, like, cloistered cleric or a monk or something. I do have <laughs> a you're not wearing good armor. save. And you're punching people. You're probably a monk. Uh, yeah, that's fair. Uh, lashes out, however, with a 35, which will strike the Oh, God, it's Exender. an outsider fight. Up, outsider fight. Clawing into him for 13 points of damage, yeah. which will actually get through his damage reduction the same way he was getting through the devil's damage reduction because Awful. one's attacks count as good and the other's attack count as evil. <laughs> yep. It's like they were made to kill each other. Alignment slap fight. Basically. <laughs> and hits him with the fear effect. However, although two is not immune to fear, two does have a plus 16. We'll Yikes. save. Uh, so actually even rolling a five, such as he did, he could say 21, which just barely saves. Nice. Well, there we go. And misses with the second claw. Hmm. We'll attempt to establish a grapple. Unfortunately, a 42 will beat two's uh, combat maneuver defense. Wow. Ouch. There's not a lot of things a 42 wouldn't beat. Yep. So it does successfully grab two, at which point deals... Impale. Ouch. Uh, 27 points of damage as he impels himself into two, as feathers go flying in every which direction. Ow, our poor buddy. Two chooses not to telepathically communicate his scream, and so just takes it in silence. No. Oh. Taking us from the Barb Devil to Hollis. All right, well, Hollis is going to move forward a little bit. Uh, hoping to break up the battlefield some, make it harder to hit both of us. Um, and pulls out a piece of paper, rips it up and casts a parchment swarm on this devil. Nice. <laughs> so let me right. get through his spell resistance. Uh, 30 to get through his spell resistance. We'll get through his spell resistance. He gets a reflex save as tiny little flying mosquitoes or something made out of parchment swarm him and cut him. Look at that, a 21. Paper cuts. That fails. He will take full damage. Nice. nice. Let's see. That's going to be 15d6 of just slashing, magical slashing damage. Magical slashing nice. damage. All right. Uh, I can technically like use scrolls to do additional stuff, but I don't have a lot of those. So 48 minus whatever his damage reduction is. Nice. A solid hit. That's so my we turn. We go from Hollis to Masika of the Beckon. 
Masika casts heal on herself. Priest heal thyself. <laughs> yeah, fair. <laughs> oh, actually, I think this technically triggers before that. So hold on one second. But wait, there's more. Oh, the acid thing? Uh, you're also burned for 18 more points of acid damage. Ow. I don't know if you can even fail a DC DC 19 concentration check. No, I okay. can't fail that. So yeah, don't worry about the concentration check for the taking continuous damage. All right, uh, Masika cast the heal spell. Is there anything I can do to try to get rid of this effect? No, it, it only lasts for one more round. So the acid's burned off of you by the end of that round. Okay. It's acid spray. It does full, if you don't make the reflex save, it hits you and then half a round later, it does 1d6 points of additional damage per two caster levels as it just sticks on you. Hmm. But unlike acid arrow, it doesn't track for like multiple rounds. All right, that's the end of my turn. He's too far away for an armor to spit on. Hmm. From Masika, we go to two. Hey. I think two's probably mad at the barbed devil. However, two is also not enjoying being grappled for an obscene amount of damage. Yeah. Uh, so it's not even an act, technically a concentration or anything like that. He just uh, standard action and explodes to being now skipped straight past medium Biggie to boy. large size as he explodes <laughs> in height. It's a room big enough for two large boys. Yep. As the bird-headed guy and the cat-headed guy stand side by side. Yes. You're both wearing headdresses. Yes. I love it. I love yeah. it. Somebody needs to take a good screenshot of that. We'll post that up online. Oh, my God. It's very fun. But two explodes in size, which immediately breaks that grapple. Yeah, boy. Uh, and has a move action, so you know what? He'll go ahead and take a... Well, actually, he'll just... Uh, he'll shuffle over. He'll take a quick five-foot step, uh, which doesn't really help immediately with that, but does get him uh, closer to being in the flank with Citra. Uh, unfortunately, that is a standard action, so that's all he could do for this turn because he doesn't have any quickened abilities. He did a good job. From two, we go to Citra Nahamra. Citra is going to hop over him. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> to get into the flank. Oh, pardon me. Okay, I'm going to just go ahead and preface this with I start with a 29. Uh, I, okay. I think I can. You have a good chance. He's not a big yeah. boy. He's not a fighter. Yeah. He's... I guess they could have done I that mean, thing. He's not really a Magus. He could be a wizard fighter, which would be really weird. But I just rolled an 18 and got a 47. Oh, nice. A 47 succeeds as you leap past him. Whee! Tumble into the flank with Sudi, I assume. Yeah, get him. And then I would like to, to slash at him. Oh, everybody's in their death stances. Very good, very good. Um, unfortunately, while I did really good with the acrobatics, which I imagine was something along the lines of like, I jumped and bounced off of uh, Sudi's like hamstring or something to get into position. Right off the um, quad. And then ah, I rolled a nat one. <laughs> oh. Oh. But I'm in position, so. Like, yeah, this hey, guy's really you know what? Up if he stands up, we got him. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. So yeah, unfortunately, I automatically went from one end of target. the spectrum to the other. <laughs> From Citra, we go to Yusef. Yusef will start with, doesn't need to roll a concentration check or anything to cast an offensive because he just goes ahead and uh, shoots out a quickened fireball, which streaks past Sudi's ankle, sails across the distance before detonating between Masika and Hollis. I'll need a reflex save from both. You gotta move further Dude, down. Dude, this guy prepared nothing but quickened fireballs. I'm in the range for most of my spells. I can't move <laughs> further back and moving across is just gonna keep us close. The problem is Fireball is a ridiculous radius spell. He's got to be running out of those. I keep thinking that, and he keeps casting them. Uh, I roll a 12 for a 25. Uh, Mystique rolls a 12 for a 21. A 25 will succeed. A 21 will also succeed. Yay! Uh, so both of you do save for half, so instead of 35, you both take 17 points of fire damage. 
I also can't run too far away in case something really bad happens and I have to get up there and heal the party. Sure. Sudi's already uh, almost out of range of your healing. It's okay. Sudi actually, weirdly in this fight, has tons of hit points still. Uh, so did that actually injure either of you? Yes. Um, yeah, a little bit. Now that he knows that he's getting through that. Uh, secondly, he will as a standard action, although that's a spell-like ability. Turn invisible. I can see him. Yep. Uh, Sudi, you can feel that he steps out of the flank. Okay. However, you cannot see him. Yeah. But tremor sense. All right. I don't like it, but all right. I don't like it, but it is the rules. This jerk and his rules knowledge. Uh, from there, Sudi Kantar. Okay. Um, well, I could I could try to get him back in the flank, but even if I reposition him back to where he was, Citra won't get the flank or won't get sneak attack because he has concealment. So there's really no point in me trying to hit him. So I guess I'm going to turn to the barb devil. Uh, basically, like, glance down at Citra, like, make a side motion like he just stepped over to the side and then start punching this barb devil. All right. Uh, Flurry of Blows. Has Citra been stabbing him to disable things? I don't know if he has any spells on him. Maybe I haven't he hit him yet. Ah. Uh. Okay, so first attack is an 18. That is a 42. A 42 will strike a target. For 15 points of damage. A perfect 20. A solid hit, although uh, you do take 14 points of damage as you punch him. Oh, okay. Barb devil. Oh, okay. Well, my damage reduction is holding. So perfect 20 will automatically hit threat. Uh, perfect 20 automatically hits threats. Roll to confirm. Uh, that is a 15 for a 39 to confirm. A 39 will confirm your critical hit. Nice. Punch him right not in the barbs. Eight. <laughs> it's only yeah. barbs. Well, maybe there's like a part of his face that isn't as Barbie. Eight and nine is 17 plus 20 is 37 uh, points of damage. A solid hit. Uh, you also take an additional 14 points of damage. Okay. Before damage reduction. The damage reduction fight. Yep. Uh, all right. So third attack. That is a 14, which is a 33. A 33 will strike your target. For 17 points of damage. A solid hit. You take 12 in turn. These things, barbs are ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Don't don't like. You have to hit them. All right, here we go. Uh, so that is a 14, which is a 28. I don't know if that's going to hit him. A 28 will strike your target. It's like he wants to be hit. Mm. 13 points of damage. Very well. You take 10 in turn. Well, um, all right. Well, I've got 150 hit points left, so... <laughs> <laughs> so he like looks at his like there's like you know spines embedded in his fist and just kind of like shakes it a bit and they like pop out. <laughs> oh, he doesn't there. get blood on his thingies because Sudi's blood is rocks. Yeah, just yep. a few pebbles fall out. <laughs> it crystallizes on the ends. It's yeah. like a little jelly on the end. From there we go to the barb devil. He takes a five foot step next to Citra and yeah, lashes yeah. out to the attack. As a natural one that will automatically miss. Yay! Thank goodness. Yeah, however, follows that up with a 36. I'm not sure if that hits. Oh, that will hit. Uh -oh. All right. Claws slicing into Citra for 19 points of damage to the rogue. Okay. We'll follow that up with a, I need a will save from you. Uh-oh. That's always the the tricky part. Not doing too bad on the, the will saves today, though. That's a 14, which gets me a 25. A 25 will succeed. Oh, nice. Uh, rolls poorly. However, that is still a 30 to a feature combat maneuver defense. Might be time to activate that shirt. Yeah. 
Oh. Yep. Does leap onto you, grabs a hold, and impels Citra. For 21 points of damage as he rams into you, grabbing a hold, hooks and barbs embedding themselves in your flesh. Hollis like stuck him. with her. <laughs> Hollis looks across the battlefield at this guy, at Da'at, and uh, disintegrate. Just shoots in his legs. I've got to take the penalty because he's in melee or whatever, but. It's true. Technically, he's in melee, right? Even though he's invisible. He is in melee, yes. A perfect yes. 20 will automatically hit threat. Roll to oh, confirm. That's probably not going to confirm. Uh, that's a four on the die. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, hey, there's a chance. I doubt it. Yeah, he's probably got a pretty good AC being a Magus. 15. It's touch. Yeah. 15 to his touch? Yeah. It's possible. A 15 will not strike his touch AC. Oh, oh well. It still strikes. He gets to make a fortitude save. All right. Disintegrate him. That would be amazing. Uh, could be. It's a 24. That's the save on the nose. Oh, oh boo. He's still going to take damage, and if he f- dies from it, Let's start. he's disintegrated. I don't think he's yeah. been hurt very much. He's actually oh, taking he's, a good deal of I mean, damage. He's take, he's I got a whole full round on him. Although he is regenerating also, so. Yeah, yeah. so that's kind of the issue. Is he's going to be able to hide and regenerate. Uh, he's going to take 20 points of damage anyway, as part of his Ouch. flesh flakes off. <laughs> a solid hit as you blast him with a... Uh, a green array of disintegration from your fingertip. You move action remaining if you'd like to take it. I do. I'm going to go hide behind two. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fireball both of us Tactical now. Tactical reposition. From Hollis, Masika of the Beckon. All right. Um, does anybody need boops? Uh, no, I've still got 150 hit points. I think Citra, you got hit some though. I don't know. I got hit some. I still have 73. Yeah, like I'm doing okay. Masika will move up so she's closer to the main front line. And right. angle a cold of coal, a cone of cold, down in the direction so it'll hit Mister Invisible Pants and this Barb Devil, and also Sudi and Citra. But also Sudi and Citra, but hope for our saves. Hopefully they don't roll a one. <laughs> hopefully, here we go. So you rush forward, chant and tone, cup your hands, spray them out. Uh, I will ne- will need you to roll for spell resistance against the Barb Devil. All right, I roll a twelve, which gets me a thirty-one. A 31 will get through his spell resistance. Oh, yes. Nice. All right, nice. everybody needs to make a reflex save. I roll a perfect 20 for a 39. Whee! Nice. Out of the way. I rolled a 19 for a 38. We good. Boom! Yeah. All right. <laughs> so the evasion duo get out of the way. Yeah! Uh, Husef gets a 27. That saves. However, the barbed devil, whose name is Poxby. Aww. Uh, He's a horrible man. Poxby, unfortunately, only gets a 16. No, that fails for him. Failure, Poxby, a cold upon you. He has some resistance, but hopefully it's not that much. So I do 52 points of cold damage. Uh, So the good news is the Barb Devil dies. Yay! Slumping slumping off of Citra, who more or less just kind of almost fully, almost impels herself more as she grabs on and just human shields him, putting him between (laughs) her and Masika as it takes the full blast of it before it fortunately breaks free and falls off her, much to uh, Does it do that sub-zero thing where it falls into like little chunks of ice? Nice. Yep. Uh, Unfortunately, Citra, or unfortunately, Masika has no idea whether or not Usef has died. Uh, Hollis can confirm he has not. He's Although he dead. was injured by it. Because so Sudi also feels him moving around, I guess. Well, that's the end of Masika's turn. Oops. Very well. That brings us to two, uh, who fortunately does have true seeing, so... Use that speed, man. 
He's so fast. Uh, fast launches man. himself into the air, flies around, past Sudi, sells over Masika's head, circles around the far side of the chamber before landing opposite of Citra. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. As even as a large-sized creature, he still has 90-foot good fly. Ah, too so As he good. touches down, hefts, and swings. <laughs> Beat him to death with that giant yeah, crow no. too. Before he throws another stupid fireball over here. <laughs> All right, so swings down. That is an adjusted 44. That is a threat. <laughs> Get him. Rolls a 40 to confirm, which will confirm his critical hit. I love it. Nice. Ooh, just a little shy of max damage. Oh, my God. <laughs> So, 51 points of damage as he cleaves down. <laughs> Citra and Suda, you both feel a wet spray over your bodies, although it takes another <laughs> round for it to materialize. Ew. Hollis, oh, uh, you honestly don't want to consider, consider he was reduced down to in like the negative 40s. Oh, oh. oh you, he chopped him in half. Oh, no, he definitely cut that man down. Yeah, he's oh. halved. He's halved? <laughs> he's halved. <laughs> See, high-level summoning spells where the thing can, or whatever you summon can stick around are the best. Yeah, Citra just, I figure, reaches up and just wipes her face off and is like, hmm, Two takes a knee, respectfully closes what remains of his eyes before standing up, kind of ruffling his feathers a bit, takes a five-foot step over to Citra. And cure light wounds, cure light wounds, cure light wounds, cure light wounds. <laughs> Reaches over to the next person in line. Yeah, Masika gets it. Masika gets in okay. line. I just assume I'm Every, back Everyone, home. everyone, queue up. Everyone gets in line. Amazing. He has at will cure light wounds. So okay, I'm just we gonna assume I'm full fully up healed. in about five minutes. Well, we're gonna take some time to yes. find this cartouche, I guess. Everyone, oh, yeah. please ass- assume a, a nice orderly queue. Uh, Citra, so after awful. she receives all of her healing, she's going to go and check on the uh, people who were hiding. They fled down the corridor um, oh, the first assumed, round that yeah, they got a chance to. Yeah, I they were to. gone. Oh, okay, great. Okay. All right, well, then. Um, <laughs> Some random guards show up. That's what happens next. I figure I'm going to go check the door for traps while everyone's getting healed. All right, okay. it's we're open because you just passed through it, so I don't. But anyway, um, yeah, we need to search him. Also, a regeneration ring. That's cool. We should give that to uh, yeah. the healer. I don't know. Somebody. Uh, if that's healer, what it is. It, yeah. Searching Kusef's body, yeah. you find the following. Oh, items. Uh, first right. off, two potions of cure moderate wounds. Mm. Mad kit. I bet he's wishing he'd been able to drink those. A plus two set of leather armor. A plus one human bane short sword. Mm. Wow. Ah, that would that's why he was going trap. after me. Yep. A masterwork whip. Kinky. You know, because overseer. You know, yeah. Jerk. A belt of incredible dexterity. Wow. A cloak of resistance plus two. Okay. And a ring of protection plus two. Cool. So how is he regenerating? Spell. Hmm. Or something. What? Yeah, what spell would that even be? It could be this cartouche thing. Could be oh, a cartouche. Maybe. maybe it's like a special thing it has. Is it even on him, the cartouche? Uh, he does have a magical scarab on him that oh. seems to be in a cartouche-like design. What is it? Uh, it is a small blue figurine fashioned in the likeness of a scarab beetle Cute. Uh, in cool. the center of a cartouche uh, design to be worn around the neck. Uh, that being said, actually, it's a slotless magic item. Hmm. Nice. Cool. Identifying this, you can recognize this as a scarab of Kepri. Oh, Kepri. That's fun. Oh. Uh, Kepri is a... Uh, the sacred animal of Kepri is, of course, the scarab beetle, and uh, Kepri is the ancient Osirian god of freedom. Ironically, what? for this um, guy. Seriously? This That's guy. That's really weird. As well as the rising sun and work. 
I don't, okay, I don't like the irony yes. of it. Don't Dang. like it. Yep. Once oh, per day, yeah. the bearer of the scarab can speak with vermin as if using speak with animals. <laughs> Although the information okay. obtained is very limited. If the bearer has the wild empathy class feature, she may use it to influence vermin as easily as she influences animals. Hmm. Once per day, the bearer can cast summon swarm to summon a swarm of scarab beetles. Creepy. That Gross. Cool. Mummy style. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's what it does. Uh, weird. That's a I weird one. I already have oh, too man. many items. And that would have been so amazing just recently so I could have spoken with Stinger before um, Stinger became a crocodile. You have scary. Oh, it's true. I could talk to scary. Also, <laughs> I don't think cool. any of us want this. This might be just one of those. Narmer could just have this because he could just summon a swarm every now and then. Well, we might I need hold it for on this, to it. but yeah, I mean, I don't care who holds it. I guess. I could sh- summon a swarm of scare beetles and just kind of sitting there. Be surrounded by my fringe. I don't think that's how. Okay. I think that's how you summon them. Puts the amulet around Narmer's neck. I couldn't roll around in them because that'd be terrible, but. Oh, we could fly together. That'd be cool. <laughs> What does a scarabeal swarm even do? Like uh, it functions minimal? as a spider swarm, but instead of poison, it causes filth fever. Oh, I mean, gross. Because they eat dung. Yep. Well, I guess we should uh, see if this is a good enough thing to get us through the door. I this could be really think... useful if we need a lot of dung rolled up. Okay, so... no. And I I don't think this is the cartouche. It's an actual specific thing that we're looking for. The other overseer dude probably has it. Does this explain why he was um, healing himself? He could just have magic. But he said that he was going to live forever, that he had time. So that leads me to believe he at least is in on it. Well, it, does, well, we it makes me wonder if... We may not need the to get through this section. Perhaps it keeps going. Is part of the magic here maybe returning him to an original state, like it would heal him slowly over time? Mm. I mean, it's not like he's working right now because he's staying... Down, so do you I like mean, I of- cast the visions or the vision yep, spell. How does good. this? How does this work? As far as the uh, the leaving this place is concerned, or the loop? Yeah, I mean, if he doesn't this, have this, one is of- not the cartouche that you're aware of from your yeah. vision. Yeah, you think it's possible that considering that they told you that he was the only one that could operate that door, mm-hmm. that this might be toward tied to the door that he used. Hmm. So it's maybe like the door, the key to the door, but not actually the loop like key to the loop so we'll have to go in here go through this gladiator pit guy probably find the high overseer and deal with him yep let's go from up ahead you hear another cheer from the crowd all right there's a blood i'm not looking forward to whatever is in there Mm. well shall we Mm Mm-hmm. we don't seem to have much of a choice so citra is gonna check the door frame just to make sure there's no i don't know hidden additional traps Yeah, just in case, like, maybe there's, like, a, a special, like, he knows which panels to step on or something. Just make sure there's nothing like that. Looks clear. All right, then uh, down the hallway we go. Two will go ahead and maintain his large size just because it's a 10-foot wide hallway as you make your way forward. Hmm. He'll straighten down if he needs to. You press your way forward. Step through the open archway. The passage continues ahead. The walls here, again, in a shocking manner to all of you. Again, it looks like the pyramid has only just been set. The walls in this passageway are bare, and you make your way navigating through the corridor as it turns to the left, goes down for a distance before turning to the right and the right again, and almost a snake-like motion, making its way further, which you assume could easily be something of religious significance. You're not quite positive. It's probably so they have enough uh, wall space to write whatever they're going to be writing, if I had to guess. As you begin to approach the end of this passage, you firstly... Here, 
the the chanting, the yells, the shouts, laughter, screams, this odd sound, this almost clattering sound that seems to echo from the passage up ahead. As you round the corner, you step into a spacious chamber. Holy crap. Wow. Oh, you weren't kidding. This place is huge. It's going to zoom out a little bit there. Stacked tiers filled with seats surround a recessed floor, forming an arena inside of this large chamber. Two regal thrones made of limestone sit on a dais off towards the left-hand side, overlooking the arena below. As you step in, you can tell that the arena floor is about some 20, 25 feet below where you are, with tiered seats uh, 15 feet up from there and just kind of following along uh, up to the level that you're at. As you step in, you can immediately see that there are at least almost two score Osiriani people in white kilts, headdresses, crying, shaking their fists down at the spectacle in the arena below, where you see two haggard men clad in loincloths carrying battered quarterstaffs bleeding profusely one of them his left arm hanging limp the other man bleeding profusely from a cut above his right eyebrow pouring down over the right side of his face both of them looking like they've well honestly both of them looking half starved to begin with as they face off against a massive monstrosity the creature in question is a horrific humanoid being a mass of bones and skulls tied together with slick ropes of sinew that is immediately recognizable by everyone sans Masika as you have faced a bone golem before. Yeah. In the not too distant past in the libraries beneath Tefu. Ugh. The two seem to try to stumble circling wide around the outside of this thing. As you can tell off towards the left-hand side, most of the people cheering and watching down below seem to be following the direction of what you can only assume to be the head overseer of the slaves. Sitting in his throne, a broad-shouldered man in a rich white kilt and headdress. He stands up, urging the combatants on with bloodlust easily equal to the unruly crowd around him. In the throne beside him sits a woman a beautiful Osiriani woman wearing a plain linen tunic bedecked in gold jewelry and made up heavily with coal and expensive cosmetics, who seems, you can only say, moderately interested in the deadly fight playing out below. So we should stop this, right? Uh, yeah. Can I yeah. pull out my bow and shoot the golem? Citra, in one fluid motion, you draw your bow, fire off an arrow, which for all intents and purposes clanks off of the golem. The shouts suddenly stop as everyone just kind of like, uh, does this turn back over? The golem turns its gaze up to you for a moment as the two men stumble out of its immediate path. And the large broad-shouldered man off towards the side raises up a hand for silence. Oh, okay. And we'll pick it up here next time. Oh, man. No. <laughs> da, Dang da, it. Da, da, I pulled my Hunger Games maneuver, guys. It was a good yeah, one. I was sitting right. here like, do I put a prismatic ball around it? I don't know. I was, I was kind of contemplating, I was like, I wonder if I could fly Find the Path Ventures is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Mummy's Mask is copyright 2014. Mummy's Mask and the Pathfinder Adventure Paths are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission.